0: I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And
1: we're here to talk about relationships.
0: All kinds of relationships.
1: So without further ado, let's let's get get relational. relational. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Relational. (laughs) So Sarah, what are we talking about today? Vulnerability.
0: I don't know why I had to sing that, but I felt like it,
1: so... (laughs) All good with me. Um,
0: but yeah, so we're talking about vulnerability today, which is, I think, something that a lot of people struggled with, or struggle with. I know that I have in the past, um, and it's it's just we also have a we have a fear of it. At least at the, from my personal experience, I can say that like I at least not wanting to be vulnerable came from a fear of people hurting me. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people can get caught up in because we are so um not interested in being hurt. we don't want to get hurt. So, really? I know what a concept.
1: <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> so what changed for you? what what made vulnerability? because you're pretty vulnerable now, the way you live your life. You're pretty open and transparent. So yeah. what changed for you?
0: Good, uh, great question. Uh, I think it's a little hard to say, but um, because there's a lot of things that I did uh, over the years, um, especially through high school, which is probably one of the, besides middle school, which is one of the most difficult times, um, of really looking inward and focusing on myself and really trying to do my best to love myself and figure out that you know no matter what happened, I was going to be okay because I had certain people in my my life that I could continue to count on, like my mommy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: But the other part of it was you got to have um, like a really good sense of yourself Mm -hmm. and be able to trust yourself in ways that it didn't matter what other people did then.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's having that strong foundation of um, self-trust, self-love, of knowing that I was just going to be okay. Uh, And that's still a mantra that I say to myself a lot. It's just like, it's going to be okay. I'm okay. I'm just going to be okay whenever something wackadoodle happens or something like that.
1: Yeah, I I do that for all kinds of things where I feel vulnerable physically, or I feel vulnerable emotionally, or whatever. And I remember being in um, Portugal and being on this uh, uh, inflatable boat, and we went out to see dolphins. And it was really fast and really choppy, and I felt so vulnerable physically and afraid. And I just I kept repeating that mantra you're fine. Everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong. They take people out on these boats all the time. Everything's fine. And it's like, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. When we're practicing emotional vulnerability too. Yep,
0: It's like, you're going to be okay. There, there are other people that you can turn to. Um, and that's kind of what it really is. And the other thing is, it's, you know, it's also realizing you're not everyone's cup of tea. I think a lot of, there's, we can sometimes get caught up in what other people want from us or expect of us or what we think other people are into like personality wise. And we try to like be a chameleon, like work towards that so we can find everywhere to fit in. But, um, but then that means you're not always being, I think, true to yourself in a lot of ways of what you really want and who you really want to be in the world. Um, I very, uh early on in college just figured out like oh yeah I'm definitely not everyone's cup of tea <laughs> oh no <laughs> um and that's just something I was like okay you know what I'm not everyone's cup of tea whatever like the people that don't want to be around me why would I go chase after the people that don't want to be around me? Like that doesn't make any sense. It's gonna put me in a position where I don't get to be true to myself and get to be who I really am and be accepted for who I really am. Um
1: but why why do people chase after people to like them
0: because they they don't accept themselves to begin with yeah like that's that's what ends up happening is that if you're if you say you're everyone's cup of tea it's very likely that there's some part of you that you're not necessarily accepting um and understanding of so that you're not you're not necessarily you know with your people all the time because you want people to like you and maybe because you don't like yourself that's just a possibility
1: yeah i think that's a really good one So let's talk about what vulnerability is so vulnerability is about being able to freely express your emotions Mm -hmm. your thoughts your feelings without fear and that's the thing i to get there you have to feel the fear and do it anyway
0: you can still be nervous though yeah like being nervous or like about expressing yourself is totally a normal thing like that's not going to go away i still get nervous about expressing myself um but it's, it's, it's the point of you're still going to say it anyway, even though your hands start sweating, you're like a little jittery or whatever, but, um, but you're not going to hold yourself back from yeah. saying it. You're still going to say it even if it makes you a little uncomfortable because that's the thing. Ex- expressing yourself can be
1: uncomfortable. <laughs> well, and the whole concept of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable was a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot to do with why I feel really comfortable with vulnerability now. And I remember when one of my teachers said to me, you just need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I was like, no, I can't do it. It's too much. You're asking too much of me. And he just laughed. He said, you'll get there. And it's true. And I yeah. said, so I have a lot of times in my life where I feel uncomfortable now, but I don't let it shut me down. I might withdraw a little bit till I kind of check out what's going on inside of me and, and decide what it is I, I want to do moving forward. But I don't shut down and stop sharing and, you know, just put myself into a a room by myself and and ignore everybody else. Um, I I allow myself to check in if I feel like my feelings have been hurt or Mm -hmm. um, I am feeling uh, anxious about how vulnerable I've been or anxious about how somebody's treated me after I've been vulnerable. And then I just go back again and and I go back to living that way because that's my choice. My choice is to be a little uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so that I can have that level of vulnerability in my friendships, in my work relationships, and in my family relationships. Because it makes a huge difference to be able to say what you're feeling very clearly without making the other person wrong, Mm -hmm. without making the other person responsible for your feelings. That's a big one. And just taking total responsibility for how you're feeling and to be able to say, it was scary for me to tell you that and I hope that it's landed okay, and I'd love to hear back how you heard what I said. And so it's one thing to just say it, and it's another thing to really check in with how it landed with somebody else.
0: Yeah, because that, that's the other thing too, is that you can, you can say something in a way that like you get, but the other person may not understand. So c- communication, you know? is <laughs> uh, uh, really important in that instance because Like, and this is something that I do a lot when expressing myself is making sure of just checking in if the other person understood it. Like, do I need to repeat anything? Do I need to rephrase anything in any way? Was there anything that you didn't get that I need to clarify on? Um, I did that in my last relationship a lot of whenever I uh, talked about something and opened up and was vulnerable, I would then like, do I need to explain myself further? Anything else you, you are questioned? questioning about or something like that.
1: Um, well, and I, I do that with you. Sometimes I'll say something and I'll get this look on her face like.
0: Yes, it's the, I have no idea of what the hell you just said. It's still processing. Yeah, in my I, brain. I, don't,
1: I didn't understand it. And I thought, oh. And so there have been times when I get kind of irritated by that. And mostly now, I, I just really sink into, okay, she didn't get what I said, so it may not have anything to do with the way I said it. It may just be the way she's processing it. Yeah. I don't have to take it personally. That's the yeah. big thing about vulnerability is not taking things personally. And so, if someone wants to say something to me and they're being very vulnerable and I have a reaction to it, it's not their fault. I just got triggered and had a reaction to something they said. That's it. There, there is no more, there's no more to that than that. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling. And so when she looks at me, like with that quizzical face, if I'm tired or if, if I'm um, like feeling like we're rushing, trying to get something done, I might get a little short. Um, but most of the time now, I'll just go, okay, you didn't get that. So what did you hear of what I said? Mm-hmm. And um, that's very vulnerable to do that, to be able to just check in and say, I get that you didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's try again.
0: Yeah, or or to be comfortable enough if someone says something to be like, okay I, I didn't understand that it's just it's not processing for me uh could you say that again in a different way because i'll do that with her um i'll ask for a clarification
1: yeah mm-hmm. and that's part of being vulnerable is is being able to just say you didn't get it because mm-hmm. what a lot of us do is we just respond thinking we got it when we really know we didn't get it
0: and this can be for like for any situation yeah um uh, i could see this would occasionally, that's why I ask a lot of questions if I'm in the past in working environments, because I wanted to make sure I really understood everything. So uh, if they would explain something and I didn't get it, I would say, you know, I didn't understand that, could you do that again? Or or ask more clarifying questions because I wanted to make sure I fully understood the process. Um, So that's something you can do in your everyday life. And someone is showing you how to save a file on your computer. Like I don't like a lot of you are like, Shh, I know how to do that, which is totally fine, but someone might not in your life. And so if they're not understanding how to do it, like being able to distinctly say how to do it so that they can, but still be able to ask questions is important.
1: Yeah, well, and there were times when she used to get really frustrated with me because she said, Mom, I've shown you that 10 times. And I would finally just, you know, I, I, would shut down a little bit sometimes and I would withdraw and I would think I'll never ask her again, but I realized I could just say, you know what, I know you have, and I'm really working on getting this, but I really need you to show me one more time. Cause w- we only do this once a month and I don't do it enough for the repetition not there for me to remember it. It's almost always something technological. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I'm pretty good with technology. But there are still some things that, because I just don't use them enough, and that's the role she's had in our other business for a long time, of taking care of all that technology stuff. I set it up all initially, and so I I learned everything. But if I'm not using it, I I don't retain it all. And so, you know, it's been something very vulnerable for me to be able to um, just keep coming back and say, "I, I really need you to show me one more time. The other piece of that is the personal responsibility of me learning it and getting it and taking notes if I need to, mm-hmm. which is the other thing I always recommend to people. If you're going to ask somebody the same question 50 times, did you take some notes so you can figure it out? And and that's that's gone both ways. Yeah, you know, especially when you were first learning some of our technology. Mm-hmm. I'd say, did you take notes the last time I showed you this? No, and it's like <laughs> it's like okay. Well, let's make sure you're writing down how to do this, Mm -hmm. because at that time, we were this fast and furious in building the other company, and it was very hard to, Mm -hmm. like, slow down again, because when you're explaining these things, you do have to go into a very much slower mode, um, where you're being really clear and and, um, articulate with people. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and there's also the fact that, you know, if you relay a lot of information to someone, they're not going to retain it all, either. Like most of the time they, even with notes, they're, they're like, sometimes you don't tell them beforehand to take notes, they may not retain it all or they're while they're taking notes, they may miss something else that you've said. Um, so there's, there's also that.
1: that so let's tie this all back to vulnerability, yeah. which is being vulnerable to ask for help. Yep. Being vulnerable to give it and also request that somebody take notes. Um, yeah, it's putting yourself out there in a way to say, mm-hmm. I don't mind answering this question, but I've answered this for you five times in the last three days and so you know being able to be articulate about things i used to work at a, a real estate company and i was a supervisor of new agents and this one guy would ask me the same question almost every hour and i finally got to the point and he was just asked it a little bit different way i finally went john are you asking me the same basic question because you're waiting for me to give you a different answer because the answer's not going to change and so he was being vulnerable about trying to get his way is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And he was like trying things out and I was answering each question, but it was always the same question, just worded a little bit differently. Until so I finally was very clear in my communication. It's like, are you just trying to get me to say yes to something I've said no to five times already today? And that was really a good exercise for me to realize that um, he was being vulnerable in his way of... of of communicating something and trying to get something and that's another episode we're going to do is on manipulation Um, and I was being clear in my answers but finally I had to come around and say what is it you're really trying to get here yeah I think you're just trying to get me to say yes so yeah that moves us to our next point we want to talk about is this whole concept of vulnerability about being unguarded and undefended I tell you that is the biggest thing that changed my life in the last ten years I guess um, and I, I, realized how much of my life I spent feeling guarded and protecting myself and all for good reason. A lot of you who feel guarded and protect yourself, you do it because you need to. Yeah. And I remember going to, um, some personal development workshops and things like that. And I would try to anticipate anything that they might do. Might they make us go spend the night out alone in the forest? What clothes should I bring? Because they might do that. Might they do this? Might they do that? And to the point where I was just like working myself into a frenzy Mm -hmm. because I was so guarded and that doesn't just happen in one area of your life. If you find yourself trying to uh, figure out everything and, and anticipate everything, chances are you're living a very guarded life in every other place in your life.
0: Yeah, if you're trying to prepare for everything, every tiny scenario, every slight change in any situation, if you're trying to prepare for that like every single one, like that means you're walking in with like a 30 foot wall surrounded, your you know, your heart kind of deal, which means you're not being vulnerable or open at all. Um, And, you know, we, I think everyone ends up going through a period of time where they feel like they need to do that. Um, And like I've gone through it uh, and it's something that happens because we get hurt. We get hurt very deeply and if we don't have the right kind of tools to be able to work through that hurt and move past it uh, at that time, then we go into our guarded mode. And it takes time to work through that to get to a point where you're able to say, okay, it's okay for me to get hurt because ultimately it's, it's not fun. I'm not saying getting hurt is a fun time. I'm saying you can get hurt, but it's not devastating in the sense that you feel like you need to close yourself off the rest of the world and the other people in your life that love you. It's just something that, yes, you may need some time alone. You may need to work through it. You may may need to cry for a couple of weeks, whatever it is, but you can continue to move forward but still remain um, open afterwards. But it takes realizing that, oh, I'm guarded and choosing to work through that, and that means dealing with whatever the hurt was
1: caused, what caused the hurt. That's correct English. <laughs> <laughs> you do good English. Um, you know, and the whole thing about being guarded, I, I realized um, several years after the breakup with your other mom that I was guarded with Sarah in some ways that I didn't want to be. I don't think she even knew it. Um, but because the things, the way things went with her other uh, part of her family, I was worried about losing her. Now I worked hard not to lose her. There was a lot that happened in the uh, breakup of the relationship where the other part of the family uh worked hard to turn her against me. And so there was a, a, a period when I finally realized I was um not exactly walking on eggshells. It wasn't that severe, but I was always holding back a little bit to make sure that I didn't make her mad um or make her want to uh not be with me. And so it's just been this last couple of years that I realized that I wanted to live a more vulnerable, authentic way with her, and so I worked very hard at saying my truth in a loving, compassionate way. We are not about vomiting on people. You know that's not about vulnerability. Um, that that's about narcissism. If you're all you're doing is dumping feelings on somebody else and blaming somebody else, it's not taking responsibility. I looked at myself and looked at my fear. And thought, well, what are you afraid of? And um, it's funny because when I tell other people that I've had this experience with you, they're um, they're shocked. They said, "But you and Sarah are so tight." I said, "We are. There is no question that we have a really great relationship." Mm-hmm. However, when you go through traumatic times in relationships, there sometimes is a residual fear in there yeah. of of loss. Yeah. And and I know for you too that you know even just as I'm getting older, your feeling of loss for me. It, it's got to be a vulnerable feeling like, you know, that I'm, I'm not going to be here forever.
0: And, I don't like um, to think
1: about it. Exactly. I really,
0: I really don't like to think about it. Nope.
1: Yeah. And, and I look at, you know, this year and how many people I know who've lost parents and how many um, people have lost their lives and family members due to COVID. And, and there's a lot of fear of loss going around yeah. um, and and a lot of unresolved grief. You know, there is a collective grief happening in our world for the way things have been and um we don't know when the end is in sight and so that's the piece for for the vulnerability piece so for me i really want to live all of my life in undefended ways and unguarded ways and that means for me paying attention to how my words land on other people because me being unguarded might be too much for certain people and if i still want them in my life i have to pay attention to how my words are landing now that's not to say i'm gonna guard myself about the way i speak to sarah i am going to speak to her with love i'm going to speak to her with compassion and in the times that i'm short and i'm tired or i'm anxious or whatever and i'm um, not as uh, good as i could be in my communication i will apologize that's part of vulnerability yeah part of being unguarded and undefended is saying oh i
0: yeah admitting, mean when do wrong, yeah, admitting when you're wrong. Admitting when you're wrong. Because we also don't like to admit when we're wrong a lot of the time because it's like our whole world explodes because you made one mistake. Like that's how, for some reason, what mistakes are like conditioned us to feel like. That did not make any sense in my head. You're, you're getting there. <laughs> you try again. <laughs> uh, what I mean is that uh, we are conditioned to think mistakes are terrible and awful and everything is gonna fall apart if you make mistakes, So you can't make mistakes. That's why we have a lot of problems with perfectionism uh, and wanting to do everything perfectly because we don't wanna make mistakes because mistakes are bad. Thing is, mistakes aren't really bad. It's just you did something wrong and that's it. If you were able to take responsibility for the fact that you did something wrong and if it's hurting someone's feelings, apologizing to them for it or not being as kind as you could, could be to them in this situation, but apologizing, you're saying, oh, uh, I was wrong. I messed up. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Uh, I will work on to let you know if I'm feeling tired or short-tempered or whatever it is beforehand so that we don't have to get into
1: this thing again. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, uh, you know, she'll be short with me and I'll just say, I'll, I'll just stop the conversation. Why are you being short with me? Yeah. And she doesn't even realize she's doing it.
0: Yeah, sometimes you don't know. And that's yeah. the other thing. Like sometimes you have no concept of what's happening. And it, it can just be what someone else is feeling in, in in what they feel themselves. And then it's, oh, I'm not really thinking I'm being short, but uh, let me change my tone or let yeah. me, you know, change how I'm speaking to you a bit so you don't feel like I'm being short with you. Cause sometimes it may not you may not notice and it may not be what you're saying about yourself, but someone else could be saying that about you or maybe
1: they're they're tired and they're receiving in a different way it's like that's that's usually our usual way being that direct and that kind of a little harsh is fine but today i i can't do it i can't do it the other thing i want to say about that is you got to give people space so i remember somebody um hurt me they stepped on my hand or something it was i mean it was a physical pain and they apologized which was great um but they wanted it to be okay right away it's like no i'm still in pain And so emotionally it's the same thing. So sometimes we have to give people space to process it and to come back. So sometimes I've had hurt feelings about um, being interrupted and then I, I, which I don't mind if people come back, then it doesn't bother me at all. But if, if the bantering conversation is happening and I get interrupted and, and I start to feel like my, what I was saying didn't matter to anybody, that, that bothers me. That's, that's a trigger I have and something I work on to like not personalize it. But it also makes me feel like I want to be able to, finish my story or finish sharing what was important to me. And so that one of the things that I've looked at with that is, um, you know, if I have had my feelings hurt about it and I'm feeling really vulnerable, I just need a little space. But then it's my responsibility to come back and say, I want to finish that story now. I want to finish sharing what I was sharing. And so I think it's important that we give each other that space and that opportunity to just um, feel okay again and get strong inside again. Because obviously it triggered something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because sometimes I'll say to you, you're too loud oh, huh. and that's a huge trigger for her but sometimes when we're in the car and it's just reverberating and we both can be loud uh, but it's a big trigger for her to say that and I, it's been a trigger for me when people have as, a sh- sh- as a, i just feel like i've been smacked for me
0: yeah it, it basically it, in when someone in the past has said oh you're being too loud that my my internal translation is you need to shut the fuck up is generally held that—that's my interpretation. Has been my interpretation for that, which means I shut down and I don't talk anymore. I say nothing. I'm like, all right, like just zipping my mouth shut, throwing away the keys.
1: And she started—she started this pattern as a young child. Of if you would want to talk about something or or um, correct her in some way, she would totally shut down. Fine, I don't—I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to talk anymore. And it's like, Sarah, how can we work this out? And it took a long time of her growing up and maturing until she doesn't do that anymore. But but sometimes we start these patterns when we're young, and we don't even know why they start. They just start. And it could have been something that you don't even remember why it started.
0: I don't think I knew that that's something that I did as a child. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, you learn something new about yourself
1: every day. <laughs> yeah. You do. Um, yeah, so anyway. Uh, the unguarded and undefended way of life is, is something that I knew I wanted. And um, as long as I was living in the relationship I was in with her other parent, I, I couldn't have that. That was not something that person wanted uh, in the same way that I did. And so there was nothing wrong with her. There was nothing wrong with me. It just didn't work for us to be in intimate relationship when one of us wanted one thing and one of us wanted something else. And so that's the piece I look at with my friendships too. There's certainly places in my life for people who don't want to live an undefended life. But as I've said many times, they're not going to be in that inner close circle of people I love spending the most time with and, and sharing the most with. Yeah uh, they're in a, they're in an outer ring like we've, we've been talking about Saturn this week with the, the uh, conjoining of the planets. Um, but you know for me it's been about um, these are the people who are in really close to my heart and these people are fun and I really enjoy them. But I'm not going to be in that undefended space with them because that's not the that's not the space they want to play in. Totally fine, totally yeah. fine. So just making sure that you're touching in with people to find out are they in that same place as you are, and is are they you wanting the same things? And no judging about it. Uh, if somebody doesn't want it, they just don't want it, and yeah. they might not want not want it forever. They might decide they like it some other time in their life. But for right now, that's just not where they are, yeah. and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So. You have more on that i
0: think um one other thing is that we have the term like wearing your heart on your sleeve and i think maybe that's what a lot of people think vulnerability is supposed to be about where you're just like your heart's on your sleeve you're always expressing your emotions but i it's not necessarily like that um because i think people who Maybe this might just be my interpretation of it, um, and my opinion. But I think sometimes we when wearing our heart on our sleeve, I think we're also tend to be people that get that um i don't how am I how do I say this where it might be like overly expressive. Like you're really you're really into your emotions and overly feeling them and where it's not necessarily like you're again, you're being True to what you're really feeling, you could be overplaying it if you're if you're if you're constantly expressing yourself and you're always because um, I think in that regard you get hurt a lot if your heart is on your sleeve in that way.
1: I think you get hurt um, more if you're trying to get something. Yeah, and and I think that's an important distinction. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. I, I have a, an instructor I follow in a cycling community that I'm in, and <clears throat> I love her. But some people, she's like way too emotional. Her heart's way too much on her sleeve. She'll cry a little bit almost every ride. And I love it because it, she's feeling some emotion from the music. She's feeling some emotion from the words she uses to inspire us. And I love that connection. For some people, it does has no place in the cycling community. It has no place on an exercise video. And, um, but I, what I love about it, she's not trying to get something from me and no. so some people that's the piece cause, yeah because somebody that, was that's, yeah yeah yes. so it's it's wearing your heart on your sleeve to me is beautiful i love it if you're wearing your heart on your sleeve as, as sarah's saying and trying to get something from me you're trying to yeah. manipulate something from me not cool for me
0: by by you know saying that you're you wear your heart on your sleeve so therefore you get hurt really easily or you're really sensitive and so you're trying to get something out of telling people that that's not really that doesn't mean you're living undefendedly
1: you're you're trying to control their behavior yeah Oh, you have to treat me this way because i'm super sensitive you have to treat me this way because i wear my heart on my sleeve no you're welcome to wear your heart on your sleeve but take personal responsibility you're welcome to be super sensitive but take personal responsibility about who you're super sensitive with and um, uh, allow yourself the space and the community to process those feelings
0: Mm -hmm. because Yeah, and, and then, so, it's trying to get something out of, it. and also, you know, being that way with everyone, Yeah, you're not going to want to be that way with everyone, No, that's the other thing, like, you don't, you can, you, yeah, th- that's more of what I was getting at, is that you're not, wearing a heart on your sleeve is not living undefe- a, a, an undefended life when you're trying to get something from other people, and you're trying to be that way with every single person that you come across, that's not going to work.
1: Yeah, yeah, So. Good. And that kind of brings us to our final point, which is that vulnerability is required to have deeper intimacy in your friendships and your relationships. Mm -hmm. And, um, to be vulnerable in our families, to be vulnerable with our friends, to be vulnerable in our romantic relationships, brings you more joy. Yeah. That's the thing that I I really want to say is that uh, there is something about having that ability to have deeper connection that, um, makes me happier. I just feel so much happier when I have that ability to have deeper connection. And I I don't do it to try to get things from other people. I do it to connect on this deep level and to really understand who they are and um, who they're supposed to be in the world. And and it allows me to be who I'm supposed to be in the world, to share on that deep level and to to let my heart be open. It makes me feel filled up and expansive when I get to be around people like that. And I love that, uh, that feeling of vulnerability and deeper intimacy. That's what feeds me, and that's what makes me want to live this unguarded, undefended life.
0: Yeah, it also uh, fills you up with a greater sense of appreciation for the other person. Like, that's how I feel when being able to be vulnerable and open with my friends, of appreciating them wanting to do the same and wanting to meet me at that. Because all all of the friends I'm really close to in my life will open up and meet me at that level. Not all the time, but they'll do it because they know it's something that I care about and they do want to continue the friendship that we have because for some of my friends, I've known them for almost eight years at this point. And so to continue that kind of friendship, you have to be open to continue it and, and for the friendship to evolve as the, as the people in the friendship evolve too. And because we're all growing and changing. So it's, it, fills me up with appreciation and like I I really like to tell people like thank you for being my friend a lot I do this with my mom with being thanks for being my mom like every time I see her I have to say it like once <laughs> at least once it's at true. least it's true at least um but I'll do this with my friends too of just like thank you for being my friend and then and sometimes I'll jokingly say like thanks for putting up with me but um <laughs> <laughs> but it's really because I appreciate who they are as people and I appreciate that they uh, that I get I get to have them in my life and yeah. that they have allowed me to be in their life for this long and and that they, they care about me and they show that they care. So I I just I love getting to experience that of the honor of being chosen by other people to remain in their lives.
1: <laughs> because you feel worthy. Yes. Yeah. And you're not trying to get something from no. them. You're, 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 you're doing the same thing. You're, you're looking at who they are, what their capacity is mm-hmm. for being in a relationship and for giving in and, and that deep, intimate way. And you don't try to get something from them that you can't get. Yeah. And that's the that's the big thing with you know being open and expressing your feelings and your thoughts and being unguarded, undefended, and creating deeper intimacy in your life. It can't be about trying to get something from other people. It has to be about who you wanna be in the world, how you wanna show up. And um, I know I show up as a very direct, intense person. And there are people who have been in my life who don't want to be in my life anymore because they don't like it. And it's like it's sad to me because I enjoyed them in a lot of ways, but I can't not be authentically who I am. I can dial it back if I have a feeling like, I, I was sharing with you about one friend who I I feel like is um, really needing to feel like there are some ways that I'm not more together than her or like she feels intimidated and feels um, less than. And so there are things I can do to dial some things back because that relationship is important to me. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be as um, up to date on the news or as Mm -hmm. up to date on whatever. I can just ask more questions and say, well, what did you hear about that? Uh, What do you think about that? And uh, I, I don't have to be that person who's got such a big presence and a big personality in every moment of my life it's a lot of who I am and I've been hiding a lot of who I am for a long time in my life and so I don't want to do that anymore so whatever time I have left on the planet I want to live with a whole big open undefended heart and um with lots of personal responsibility for who I am and how I communicate things uh and I just want to love and so that feels that feels right to me
0: yeah I I have chosen at this point to show up just as I am wherever I go like like, I'm just like, no. Again, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. So if you don't, if they don't like me, they'll go spelunking into the distance. I don't care. Um, I care about the people that are like, oh, dude, you're weird. I'm like, yeah, I'm weird. And they're like, oh my God, I'm weird too. Let's be weird together. It's like, yes, like those are my people because I am a goober. Like if you haven't already figured out that I'm a goober, then I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're doing in your life. <laughs> As she has pointed out before, I do tone it down a little bit for these these podcast episodes um, because it is sort of a different kind of scenario. But I still try to show up as much of who I am and as weird as I am and as goofy as I am in these as well. Um, but that's that's who I am in this world. That's what I do. I do weird things. She she'll, She commented... About the stupid, I do the chef's kiss thing all the time. Mwah! Instead of saying delicious, I do it all the time now for some reason. But that's just something that I do. So it's just weird stuff like that. But that's how I want to show up in the world. That's how I show up in the world. That's how I show up in all of my relationships. And so my friends love love it because I just, I accept them for who they are, whoever they are. And then they accept me in my wack-a-doodleness. I'm like, that's, that's the key <laughs> to really um great relationships when you can both accept the each other and also be willing to grow with each other as well and continuing to ask questions and be vulnerable and open up about what you're feeling and what you're doing um talking about fears like there's been a lot of discussions about what my friends have been afraid of uh with this pandemic going on like there's been conversations about uh concerns and stuff like that and it's important to know, like also that, you know, them stressing out and then being like, you know what? We've had, we're in a pandemic, my dude, we're in a pandemic. Everything's whack. Like everything's just crazy. And you just got to really like, think about that. You're going about things in your own timeline. You don't need to worry about anyone else. It's what you think you need to do for yourself and what you think is best for yourself. That's the key thing. And so it's just show up as who you want to be. And if people don't want to deal with you, that's fine. Don't take it personally.
1: They're just not ready for you. And there are people out there for you. Yes. So we invite Mm -hmm. you to show up as yourself, live your own authentic life, be vulnerable. Mm
0: -hmm. And until
1: next time, be weird if you want. Be weird if you want. (laughs) Until next time, we love you. Mwah. Mwah.